0: Yeah, one of the terms that you will recall having learned about is the term entropy. Remember that? Entropy, what is it? What is entropy? Entropy, well, the physics definition is the thermodynamic quantity representing the unavailability of a system's thermal energy for conversion into a mechanical work, often interpreted as the degree of disorder or randomness in the system. That's probably not the definition that you were thinking of. The definition that you were thinking of was probably the second one, a little bit easier, a little bit simpler. It is simply the lack of order or predictability gradual decline into disorder. The best example that I can come up with for entropy is my garage. My garage is, 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 is a perfect example of entropy, and here's why. Because about twice a year, Mary Jo and I take a couple of hours, and we go into the garage, and we spend the next couple of hours of sorting through things, throwing boxes away and trash and styrofoam and all kinds of stuff and putting stuff away onto uh, shelves and in corners and organizing and all kinds of stuff. And so we go into this disorder and we add to it order, amen? And it's incredible because, you know, at the end of it, you you, you know what it's like to clean out your garage, right? When you're done cleaning out your garage, I mean, it is a proud moment. I mean, if you could just savor that moment, if you could somehow bottle that, that moment and you know sell it, it's a great feeling, that feeling of just having organized your garage. And, and Mary Jo and I have stood out on the driveway, you know, just arm in arm, hand in <laughs> hand, just admiring the garage and just all the tremendous order that we have brought to it. But you get down the the road three, four, five months, and once again, you can hardly walk through the garage. You know, for whatever reason, bicycles in the way, trash, boxes piling up. This is entropy, folks. This is entropy. Now, God is a God of order. Amen? He's not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. But the thing is, unless you are adding an amount of energy to the situation, amount of information to the system, to the situation, it falls out of order. It falls from order to disorder. And this is the whole idea of entropy. And entropy can be seen in various terms. And I want to just take you through um, just about five of those. And you can say that entropy is the falling out of uh, order and information is the kind of the opposite of that, information or energy or order. So, you know, you have disorder would be the term of entropy. The term of information would be order. You have noise, or like what they might call white noise, and you have the concept of signal, of actual uh, signal. You have... uh, Cacophony or cacophony, however you want to pronounce it. All you linguistic pros out there that are going to correct me immediately on my pronunciation. Thank you. Um, Or you have music. Um, You have chaos or cosmos. Chaos is, is disorder. Cosmos, the idea of the cosmos is order. Randomness and design. And so if you put all of the things on the right-hand side of that on one end of a spectrum and all the things on the left-hand side, and you have that on the other end of the spectrum, you would have most systems somewhere between, uh, you know, you you rarely will find something all the way out at absolute entropy or absolute information. There's kind of a continuum that systems uh, exist on uh, in between somewhere on the scale and your life is probably somewhere along the scale uh, and, and you can categorize your life in any way, like whether it's the neatness of your home or uh, the, the, the neatness of your financial situation or the, uh, your spiritual life, amen, is somewhere along this continuum. I want to give you an example of this from the very first chapter of the Bible uh, and take you back to Genesis chapter 1. And you will see the terms if you read through the uh, Genesis chapter 1, and you're talking about the days of creation, right? You're talking about the week of creation. And when you read through that chapter, you come to the terms, you come to these terms evening and morning, evening and morning. And I'll throw the verse up there where the, the, the first uh, place you find it is actually in Genesis 1 verse 5. And I'm reading this in the English Standard Version. And it says this, And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And so each of the six days of creation go through uh, this, uh, the first six days uh, go through this uh, concluding phrase, this concluding sentence. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day, the second day, on and on and on, until you get to the sixth day. Now the interesting thing is, again, the order. I think if you didn't know anything about the Bible, if you just came to the Bible completely unaware of any type of biblical, spiritual information whatsoever, and you came to this, it would be very interesting and confusing a little bit. Because it says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And, you know, the way we think of it, I mean, that, that, that doesn't really seem to really make a whole lot of sense. Because right now is evening. I mean, the sun is going to set here in the next hour and 15 minutes or hour and a half or so, and it's going to be evening, we're going to come to that moment of twilight, and then in a matter of a few hours, the sun will rise again and there will be morning. And that's really not a day, right? And so the order of this, uh, this, this word order is, is uh, particularly interesting. Um, because of this particular word order, the Jews, the Hebrew people, actually adopted the idea that the day started in the evening at twilight. And so this is where they get this from, from literally the very first chapter of the Bible, from the very uh, fifth verse of the Bible, um, evening and morning, the first day. And so this explains it. And there was a process by which they would discover the evening. Uh, And uh, one of them was uh, where you could hold a string um, up to the sky, and the moment at which the string became indiscernible was that moment of twilight, that moment of uh, darkness, if you will, that moment of, shall we say, chaos. And so when you look at the Hebrew terms, evening and morning, you come to this, and the the, the Hebrew term for evening is actually the uh, Hebrew term Erev. Erev. And uh, Erev actually means this, obscuration, mixture when encroaching darkness began to deny the ability to discern forms, shapes, and identities, hence twilight, the time of approaching darkness. And so there is an idea in the Hebrew that Erev, or as we have come to know at evening, was this idea of that indiscernible, that time of chaos, that place of chaos, if you will, that moment when things become indiscernible in that sense. Sunset would be that, that time. And then, of course, there's the term mourning. Mourning is the term in Hebrew, boker. Boker, uh, and not broker, but boker. And uh, boker means this, becoming discernible, distinguishable, visible, uh, perception of order, relief of obscurity, uh, decreasing entropy, a ability to begin to discern forms, shapes, and distinct identities, breaking forth of light, revealing, hence, dawn and morning. And so, really, um, there, there have been scholars that have, been, that have made a, a biblical case from the Hebrew that what you see happening in the days of, C- of uh, creation is that literally God was adding... Uh, order to the chaos that he was moving the creation along from chaos to cosmos from disorder to order from uh, just uh, entropy to information and you can see as he added to the creation that those amounts of information that he added to the creation so there is this idea that God throughout the week of creation was adding information and order To the creation. Is everybody still with me? Amen. Raise your hand. Yeah, this is very important. All right. And just like the continual addition of order and information eventually culminated in the completion of creation and the seventh day, so our lives as a new creation need the constant and repeating influx of godly knowledge, godly information, and God's order to our very lives until that time that we are completed in glory, Amen. And this is the theme that Peter continues in, in his epistle, in this second epistle that we are studying. We're making our way through this first chapter, and Peter has told the Christians that they have a like precious faith. Remember that we talked about that. We've all, if you're, uh, if you're in Christ, you have received a like precious faith. And that they have everything that they need for life and godliness. And then Christians are told that they need to add to this faith that they have, this light precious faith. And remember, we went through that list of things that we need to work on in our lives, that we need to continue to move forward in our Christian lives by adding to our faith virtue, adding to virtue, knowledge. From, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love, and all these things. And in our text tonight, Peter tells us that as a growing Christian, we need a constant reminder of all these things. We need a constant influx of the information, the knowledge, the order of God into our lives so that we can continue on that continuum, that path towards where God is bringing us because just like the world and my garage, we have a tendency toward disorder and towards entropy. And so there are important things that we can do in our lives to continue on this path of order, amen, and God's order. What are they? Two points tonight if you're taking uh, notes. The first one, very simple points. Uh, the first one is this add information, add information. Let's read it down in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, pick it up, verse 12. It says this, For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. We'll go ahead and read verse 15 as well. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. The last verse from last week's study, last week's teaching, Peter talked about Christians who are actively involved in the, 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 the process that they're on in Christ Jesus of adding to their faith virtue and knowledge and self control and perseverance and all these things, that the, the type of people that are working out their salvation and making sh- uh, their calling and election sure, these are the type of people we learn are going to receive an abundant entrance into glory, into uh, the prize uh, th- that we have in Christ Jesus. And, and this is so important uh, that we realize this, that we realize that uh, as we're growing in Christ and we're making our calling and election sure that we are going to, if we're on that track, going to be given an abundant entrance into Glory. And for this reason, if it is so important to receive an abundant entrance into glory, then it's important that we need a constant reminder of these things, a constant reminder of the truth, a constant reminder of the knowledge of God and of the scriptures and of the things that we need to be doing in our lives as the Holy Spirit is working in and through us. We need a reminder of all these things in our lives. Peter says here in verse 12... He says, I will not be negligent to you on these things. I will not be negligent to you on these things. In other words, Peter would say, if it's up to me, if I have anything to do with it, if it's up to me, Peter says, you're going to be reminded of these important things. If I'm, in, if, if I'm around, I'm going to be reminding you of these important things that you're adding to your faith virtue and and." knowledge and perseverance and brother love and kindness and the whole the whole list that we talked about last week amen Peter realizes that they know these things he realizes that they know these things he's told them he's taught them but we they needed to be reminded they needed to be reminded and we need to be reminded of these important things And I think that the Bible is laid out in such a way as to give us the proper and regular reminder that we need of all the things that we need to be reminded of. The Bible, I believe is is laid out like this it 's designed in such a way. The architecture of the Bible is such that there are there are uh, Constant built-in reminders of the important principles of faith. Amen? So much so that when you think of the important doctrines of the Bible, you can't really point to the go-to chapter and verse for any one particular doctrine. God delivered His Word in such a way that it has a built-in guard against what's called in the world of communication warfare, hostile jamming. Hostile jamming. See, if, 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 if God is going to, to communicate, if you were going to communicate, and use the technology of the world, and you had adversary that was going to try to stop that communication, then what you have to have is you have to have some type of guard in the communication against hostile jamming. And... The Bible is designed and built and laid out with a guard against hostile jamming. It's incredible. The enemy will try to jam certain frequencies being used for communication. since none of us, I mean, I, you know, we have, I guess we have family that are, that are in the CIA and whatever, undercover people, they can't tell us what they do. We used to know a lot of these people in Washington, D.C. What do you do? I can't tell you. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. Um, you know, those type of people. Um, but, you know, we we remember, we remember from like, you know, Sci-fi type shows, right? Where you know, hey, communicate with so and so. I can't. They've jammed all the lines. That you know, I think Star Wars. What Luke? They jammed my comlink. They jammed my comlink. You know? Okay. Thank God the Bible has a has a, a preservation. It has a guard against any uh, the, the comlink being jammed, hostile jamming. Amen. God's word is designed with such huge bandwidth. That it is immune to hostile jamming. Here's a question for you. Where is the, where is the, the chapter on baptism? You could say, well, oh, you could be like Arnold Horshack and go, oh yeah, blah, blah, you know. But, there, but if you tore that section out, there are many more that you could build the doctrine of baptism. Where is the, where's the chapter on the doctrine of justification by faith? Oh, you could point to Habakkuk and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Romans, Paul's use of Habakkuk and all that. And you could make a case. But there are many places so that that, that there is a guard against hostile jamming. And the design feature of God's word also provides us a constant reminder and review as we go through. Amen? And it's an incredible thing. Now... So Peter is saying here that we need a reminder. Yes, I think it's right. As long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. Verse 12, he says, I will not be negligent in reminding you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. And so there is this idea that we need to be, we need to have something in our, in our lives that, that is constantly reminding us and bringing that information into our lives so as to prevent us from just kind of falling back down the continuum towards entropy. And continuing to move towards order. Amen. And so we need these constant reminders. And it's so wonderful that God has established his word. And he's established his church. With these types of safeguards. And these places where we can have these infusions of the information. That we need to continue to move forward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Football season is upon us. Uh, in fact, it's getting ready to start. I guess we're in um, preseason now, right? And I threw this up for my buddy Joe because he's a Dolphins fan and I knew he would appreciate that. Um, picture from the Dolphins practice and, so, and others of you who are Miami Dolphins fans. So that's a nod to all of you, amen? A sports team going for the championship will practice the same fundamentals over and over and over again. And they do this even though they know the techniques, they know the plays, they they know how to do it, but what do they do? They get into practice and they go over and over and over and over these things because they know what's at stake. They know what's at stake. Well, in our previous passage, Peter has told us what's at stake, that we receive this abundant entrance into glory. Amen? And so if we are on this pathway towards an abundant entrance into glory uh, heading towards the prize towards the upward call of God in Christ Jesus then we need those constant reminders of these things so that that slackness and that that entropy and that disorder and that chaos and 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 and, and that c word that's the opposite of music that I don't know how to pronounce that you guys know how to pronounce and and so all this stuff is going to come into our lives but we need those constant reminders. Amen? We need a constant reminder. For this reason, Christians should never get tired of hearing the basics of the Christian life. Amen? We should rejoice every time Jesus Christ and His gospel and His plan for our lives is preached. We should be excited about it. We should rejoice once again. I mean, we should have that that heart and that enthusiasm that would say, hey, if the pastor gave an altar call, I'd get saved all over again because that's a glorious message. And that's the message that I want to be a part of, amen? And I used to do that, amen? Back in kids' church when I was a kid, I got saved every, every, every Sunday, amen? <laughs> every Sunday, why? Because it was a glorious message, And it was a message, man. If Jesus loved me that much and he wanted to do this incredible thing in my life, then I want that for sure. I don't want to be one that rejects it. Amen? Amen. And after we've accepted it, we need to be people who embrace it and embrace it and embrace it over and over and over again. Amen. Why was Peter so intent on reminding the believers of these important truths? Look down at verse 12 there. Peter tells them that they are established in the truth. Establish, the word here, is the same word that is also translated established and from the place in Luke chapter 22. And I'll actually have it up on the screen. It's Luke 22 beginning at verse 31. And... Listen to this. This this is Jesus talking to Peter. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And listen to this. And when you have returned in me, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. Would you see tonight that because of what Peter went through, that he had a word from the lord jesus specifically to continue to encourage and strengthen the brothers to continue to add to and to remind and strengthen and add to their lives the information and the order of god's word that they so desperately needed on a regular regular basis amen here peter peter fulfilled that command of jesus Here here in 2 Peter tonight, we're reading this passage where Peter put pen to papyrus or, 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 or leather. And he told us that he was not going to be negligent in reminding and strengthening the brethren. Amen? Amen. Now Peter has an urgency about this. We see in our text that Peter has an urgency about this. He says, as long as I'm in this tent, as long as I'm in this tent, it's right for me to stir you up by reminding you of these truths. As long as I've got this tent on, as long as my spirit is in this tent, as as long as this is my locale, I'm not going to be negligent. I'm going to to believe it right to continue to remind you and to stir you up by reminding you of these truths. He says, shortly I'm going to put this tent off. Look at that verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Jesus told him that he would die. The Bible says that it's appointed for man once to die and then judgment, right? But Jesus actually specifically told Peter that he was going to die and how it was going to happen. That's John 21, beginning at verse 18. Jesus said this to him, Moses, surely I say to you, when you were younger... You girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And so Peter had this very specific conversation with the Lord. So knowing all this, Peter says, It's right. Hey, I, I know what's coming for me. I mean, Jesus has given me special revelation about my death, about the time that I'm—that's coming shortly for me, where I will put off this tent. So, so while it's short in coming that I'm going to put off this tent, it's right that I stir you up by reminding you on a regular basis, on a regular basis. The I like the word stir. Do you like the word stir? If you think of stirring, you think of cooking, right? (laughs) You you think of stirring. My mind, I don't know what your mind goes to. You might think, oh, getting stirred up on something, getting jostled around or whatever. My mind, you say stir. I think of someone's in the kitchen. Someone is in the kitchen stirring up stuff, and it's probably chocolate chip cookies. Right. It is probably I can just see the dough and I can see the eggs and the brown sugar and all of it. And then you add the flour and it gets a little harder, you know, and then you add the chocolate chip. And it's a real hard. And I was always in there. We have we have these pictures. I should have dug this out It's just coming to me now. Mary Jo and I have these pictures of us early on in dating. And we were over at the house, uh, mom and dad, Trapea's house. And we were both with these big handful scoopfuls of, of cookie dough. Right Now they've got cookie dough and ice cream. Cookie dough and everything now, right? Amen? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Where, where was I? Stirring, right? Stirring. I like the word stir. I like the word stir. And the word stir here is a Greek word. And it means this. Wake up. To cause one to wake up. To stimulate thinking. To refresh memory. A marker... Get this, a marker of causation. Wake up. I like that, a marker of causation. You know, a a cause in that sense. Stirring up. It's right that I stir you up by reminding you of these truths. Peter wanted to stir them up. He wanted to stimulate their thinking on the knowledge of God. And these important truths of adding to their faith, these important things that they needed to be about in their lives, if indeed they wanted to have that abundant entrance into heaven. Amen? He wanted to be the trigger of adding signal to their noise, order to their disorder, information to their entropy. And we have those, those opportunities today. Amen? We have those same opportunities to be reminded today. How's that? Two things. By daily being in the Word. Daily being in the Word. We live in such a glorious time, folks. We live in an unbelievable time. On many levels, and we won't get into all that, but on one side of the coin, we live in an interesting time where the availability that we have to the Bible and to Bible study and to tools of studying the Bible online and at the tip of our fingers on our cell phones. I mean, I have a whole folder on my phone that's just called Bible and ministry. (laughs) <laughs> and I've got Bible apps and Bible studies, and of course I've got the Calvary Chapel app there, and I've got Blue Letter Bible and all kinds of incredible things right here at the tip of my thumb. And I can avail myself to constant reminders of the things that I need to be reminded of on a day-in and day-out basis. Amen? And then the reminder of the gathering together of the saints. The, the gathering together of the church of Jesus Christ, to worship the Lord, to hear the teaching of the word, to hear the word read to us, to, to hear the word taught to us in such a way, in a, in a way that, that just, um, you know, with enthusiasm and, and, and vigor and power and, and, and authority, to, to bring those things to bear upon our hearts and our minds and our spirits. A weekly hearing of the Word. Paul said this in Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so you can really make the case then that the influx of the information... I didn't mean that to... To alliterate there, but I guess it was it was good. The influx of the information <laughs> of the word Amen begins by hearing it, and by hearing it, faith then rises and comes. And so if that's true then we need to be putting ourselves in in those opportunities. Amen? On a daily and weekly basis as we gather together and and not forsaking the, 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 the coming together of the saints. Amen? So we need the constant reminder of truth. We need the constant jump start and stirring of the word of truth added to our lives. So add information. Secondly, tonight, as we move quickly... To a close, the second point is this repeat. The first point was add information. The second point is repeat. Verse 15 it says this Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. And so, we need to add the information. Of the knowledge of the power of God, of the word of God, of the order of God into our lives on a regular basis. Amen? And that is just something that just needs to be on repeat. You know, it's like, you know, remember when we first graduated from records and tapes to like CDs, and then you could put it, you could put it on a song. Right? And you could put that song on repeat, that one song. And 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 how many of us, you know, when we were just, you know, figured this technology out, did we fall asleep listening to a song only to wake up and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning and that same song has been playing for hours. You know, just being drilled into our heads. Just putting it on repeat. And And, and we need that kind of a thing. We need that constant reminder. We need the adding of this information and this order, this godly order through his word into our lives and we just need it on repeat. And we need to love it. We need to love it like, you know, selecting that song that's our favorite song. This is, you know, wow. Do you, do you love the word? Is this your favorite book? Amen. Amen. Peter says here that he's going to be careful. To make sure that they always have a reminder of these things. Even after his decease. After his death. Peter's going to die. And he's going to exit this realm. And enter the realm of the spirit. The word "deceased" there. Is is the word. It's actually the word in the Greek. uh, Exodus. It's where we get the word exodus. deceased or departing in that sense. Used in the transfiguration of Moses and Elijah. Of the. The Lord's decease, or His Exodus, um, the depart, and uh, in a reference in Hebrews chapter eleven, where the writer of Hebrews talks about the departing of Israel out of Egypt, and what is the departing of Egypt or Israel out of Egypt? It is literally a coming out of the the bondage and into freedom right and so peter is just saying look i am going to make sure that i'm going to be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my exodus after my departure he's peter is so overwhelmed by jesus exhortation to him to strengthen the brothers that he's going to be so careful to make sure that they're continually being strengthened and built up and reminded, even after he's dumped out of here. He's so, oh Jesus, I got this one. I got this one. <laughs> I'm going to write it down in a letter, and I'm going to tell him that I'm going to remind him, and I'm going to tell him in the letter that I've been moved on by the by the, the Spirit of God, and we'll get to that next week. Don't miss that next week. And 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 so. I'm going to write this down in a letter that I want to remind them and I'm going to make sure I'm going to do things in such a way to make sure that they have a constant, regular reminder even after I'm out of here. And so this repeat, always having a reminder. Always having a reminder. Peter wrote of his reminder here. And this reminder, this particular reminder has been preserved for us as a reminder. (laughs) Amen? This reminder has been preserved for us as a reminder of needing to be reminded of the things that we need to be reminded of. Amen? And so that there's always a reminder. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For the growing Christian, we need to embrace reminder. For this reason, we rally around and embrace the gathering together of believers for worship and Bible study and teaching and preaching. We embrace the Word in our lives. We embrace that, that infusion of his, of his order into our lives, of His information, of His order that He wants to add into our lives, amen, on a regular basis. We embrace it with enthusiasm knowing that these reminders are adding the truth, the knowledge, the information to our tendency towards spiritual entropy. And so, my brothers and sisters, we need a reminder, always a reminder, of the things that He has done for us and the things, as Peter said in our text last week, that we need to do Making our calling and election sure by adding to our faith virtue and perseverance and self-control and brotherly kindness and love agape.